Chapter sixteen of On an Irish Jaunting Car Through Donegal and Connemara by Samuel Gamble Bain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Frank Lennon. Aran Islands. The Aran Isles lie out in the Atlantic, some twenty nine miles from shore, being visited by a small steamer twice a week. We took passage on the duras with mr walker one morning soon after our arrival all kinds of people and a great variety of cargo were on board we stood out to sea steadily and in a few hours reached what is known as the south island here we dropped anchor for about five hundred yards from shore and commenced unloading our cargo into the sea to be taken care of by a great crowd of curraghs which swarmed about the ship. In explanation, it may be stated that the curragh is a great institution. It is lightly framed, skeleton boat covered with raw cowhide or canvas, and thoroughly tarred, in which the skilled native can go anywhere in all weathers. It is universally used on the coast from Donegal to Connemara. Boards were tossed into the sea, which were quickly gathered together by the curraghmen, bound with ropes, and towed ashore. We had a drove of pigs on board, and their feet were tied together with ropes, the four in a bunch, and the animals piled up in the curraghs till the boats would hold no more. Then they were taken near the shore, liberated, and allowed to swim to land themselves, their squealing and grunting was like an untrained Wagnerian band. There was a cow on board, and she was pushed from the gangway by main strength, plunging headlong into the waves. There was a short pause when she reappeared, swam ashore, shook herself, and unconcernedly began eating grass, none the worse for her bath. Mr. Walker took a snapshot of her, reaching land. We are also indebted to this fine photographer for the many excellent views he took for us in this locality and on the mainland. Then there were all sorts of other things piled into the curraghs, and lastly we too managed to get into one, and were rowed ashore. Mr. Walker then took us to a lace-making school which his board had established on the island, and we saw the young girls making fine laces in a neat building that had at one time been a church. The instructress had been on the island for more than a year, and Mr. Walker at once gave her a much-needed vacation. Standing on the shore, I asked the man, Are there many lobsters here? Sure the shores is red with em, your honour, in the height of the season, was his reply. We again got into a curragh, boarded the steamer, and were under way in a trice for Aaron Moore the largest island of the group where we landed an hour later at a fine pier built by the congested district's board. The village is called Kilronan, and the inhabitants live by fishing. They are a simple and peculiar people, descended from the Firbolgs, retaining some parts of the dress and many of the customs of that race. Their footwear consists of a coarse stocking over which they wear a tight-fitting slipper of raw cowhide with the hair on it called a pamputi this is a special shoe for use 
on the smooth and slippery rocks of these islands they also wear a snug homespun flannel jacket and a short pants the whole making an extraordinarily picturesque and effective outfit for their work they have no pockets for handkerchiefs cigars eyeglasses gloves or even small change but they seem to get along very well without them there is a cable to the island and we had wired to mrs o'brien's cottage for a dinner there being no hotel this was ready on our arrival and having finished it we took the only car on the island and drove out to dune or fort angus described by dr petrie as the most magnificent barbaric monument now extant in europe its gigantic proportions isolated position and the wild scenery by which it is surrounded render the trouble of the journey to see it well worth while it is built on the very edge of sheer cliffs two hundred fifty to three hundred feet in height forming the south and east sides in form it is of horseshoe shape although some antiquarians incline to the belief that it was originally oval and that it acquired its present form from the falling of the precipices it consists of three enclosures and the remains of a fourth the wall which surrounds the innermost is eighteen feet high and twelve feet nine inches thick it is in three sections the inner one seven feet high and like the others has the centre wall lower than the faces this enclosure measures one hundred and fifty feet from north to south and one hundred and forty feet from east to west the doorway is four feet eight inches high and three feet five inches wide very slightly inclining and the lintel is five feet ten inches long in the northwest side is a passage leading into the body of the wall the second rampart which is not concentric encloses a space about four hundred feet by three hundred outside the second wall is the usual accompaniment of a very large entanglement thirty feet wide formed of sharp stones placed on end and sunk in the ground to hinder the approach of the enemy for an assault on the fort and make them an easy target for the bowmen to shoot at so effective was this entanglement that we experienced considerable difficulty in getting through it and when we did accomplish that feat we felt fully qualified to appreciate the intrepidity of an attacking party who would brave such an obstruction to their progress when storming the fort inside these stones to the west is a small enclosure the wall of which is seven feet nine inches high and six feet thick outside of it all is a rampart now nearly destroyed enclosing a space of eleven acres these walls terminate at both ends of the south cliffs about the first century of the christian era three brothers angus concobar and mill came from scotland to Arran, and their names are still preserved in connection with buildings on the island the ancient fort just described being called Dunangus, the great fort of the middle island superior in strength and preservation to the former bearing the name of Dunconnor, or Concohobar, and the name of mill being associated with the low strand of port mervey 
formerly known as the Mervey Mill or the Sea Plain of Mill. The surface of the ground surrounding Dunangus is most remarkable. It is a level sheet of blue limestone extending for many miles in every direction. This cracked when cooling into rectangular forms, and in these cracks grow large ferns, the only vegetation to be seen. The mass of stone retains the sun's heat during the night, and consequently these ferns are most luxuriant. It would perhaps prove monotonous to describe in detail all the churches, forts, beehive cells, and monastic ruins, in many cases constructed in cyclopean masonry with which these islands are literally covered for it must be remembered that ireland in the early ages was the university of europe the chief resort of the literati where scholars came to learn and to teach each other all that was then known and their numbers were so great that many buildings were required for their accommodation the wonder of it all is why these isolated islands should have been selected as the seat of learning when so many other convenient sites could have been chosen the men who decided the matter seem to have thought that islands so far removed from the mainland would offer seclusion and better protection from the various wars that had drenched ireland in blood for so many centuries i shall therefore content myself with what is above stated regarding dunangus the largest and most important structure on the islands passing over the tradition of loch lurgan the earliest reference to the pre-christian history of the aran islands is to be found in the accounts of the battle of murdiek in which the fair bullocks having been defeated by the danon were driven from refuge into aran and also other islands off the irish coast as well as into the western islands of scotland Christianity was introduced in the 5th century by St. Ende, Eni or Endeus, who obtained a grant of the islands from Angus, the Christian king of Munster, and founded ten religious establishments. Aaron Moore speedily obtained a world-wide renown for learning, piety, and aestheticism, and many hundreds of holy men from other parts of Ireland and foreign countries constantly resorted to it to study the sacred scriptures and to learn and practice the rigid austerities of a hermit's life in consequence of which the island was distinguished by the name of Aranave or ara of the saints a century ago a curious custom prevailed in these islands when a body was being carried to the grave a convenient spot was selected at which to rest the pallbearers here the funeral procession came to a halt, generally about 100 yards from the road. This spot was afterwards used as a site for a monument erected by husband, wife or family, as the case may be, which for the most part took the place of a monument in the graveyard. When the relatives possessed means, these memorials became quite imposing, bearing carved statuary and having a short history of the dead inscribed on them winding up with a formula invoking a blessing on the souls of the departed. We left the car to inspect a low row of these stones fronting on the main road from Kilronan to Dunengus. 
the quaint things said in praise of the dead were quite interesting many of the natives on thursday and friday in holy week still make a pilgrimage round Aran Moor, a distance of twenty miles performing religious exercises at each church in the circuit the o'briens were lords of Arran from an early period but were driven out by the o'flaherties of ir connacht who in turn were driven out by the english in fifteen eighty seven in sixteen fifty one the marquis of clarincard fortified the castle of arklin the stronghold of the o'briens which held out against the parliamentary army for more than a year after the surrender of galway but on the occupation of the island the soldiers of cromwell demolished the great church of st enda to furnish materials for the repair of the strong fort on the surrender of galway in sixteen ninety one aaron was garrisoned and remained so for many years aaron gives the title of earl to the gore family at his home we met father farragher a genial gentleman and the parish priest of kilronan and he gave us a great deal of interesting information concerning the history and life of these islands which are historic to the degree rarely met with and with which he was thoroughly familiar we returned late in the evening by steamer to galway when going to bed at the hotel i summoned our comic boots and directed him to call number forty one at six o'clock the boots wrote the call on his slate then sat down with a puzzled expression on his face noticing this i inspected the slate and found that the inscription read call forty six at one he excused his blunder by saying sure you yankees do be givin us such queer orders these days we're prepared for almost anything on leaving on the train the next morning and after we were seated in a crowded carriage this same man put his head in through the open window and shouted you owe us another shillin the mistress forgot to charge the brace of nightcaps he had before bedtime end of aran islands